1: Hello and welcome to today's In Conversation With podcast. Today's podcast is one I feel quite strongly about. It's about surrogacy. Surrogacy is something for years I've really believed in and felt like it needed to gain momentum. I recently met Anna Buxton, who had three children via a surrogate. And I'm now joined by both Anna and also Michael Johnson Ellis, co-founder of the organisation My Surrogacy Journey. To start with, I'm going to say that it is commonplace for couples to turn to fertility treatments to help them have a baby if they're struggling but for a lot surrogacy is an option that many people still think is too complex well it is hugely complex is hugely expensive it, it is or maybe even too taboo to pursue i think that's a huge issue for a lot of people as well isn't it Anna, you've got three children via two surrogate and michael you have two children. Two children. By, by a a one surrogate, One yeah. surrogate. Um, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: You're welcome.
2: You.
1: Michael, let's start with you. You're known as Two Dads on Instagram.
0: Yes. So we have an Instagram channel called Two Dads UK. And we set that up in 2017 after the birth of Tallulah, who's nearly five. Yeah, we set that up to start raising a bit more awareness about surrogacy and two dad families.
1: Well, A, Tallulah was nearly the name of my third child so you've got excellent taste. I still (laughs) slightly regret it. Sweet as Mimi is. Um, But yeah, I have to say you are part of a same-sex couple so not only do you have two children via a surrogate but you are also two dads raising two children.
0: Indeed, we are.
1: Can Can you go back and sort of set the scene a little bit about so Wes is your husband.
0: He is, yeah. So I met Wes in 2012. Right. And he was... Working, it was working on the London, the London Twenty Twelve Olympics, and he was in Birmingham for Birmingham Pride, and I was newly single, and I went not wanting to meet a man. I just wanted to go and get drunk with my friends, and I bumped into him in a bar. We got talking, and when I went home, I remember saying to one of my friends, "Oh God, I've just met someone who I really like," and they're like, "Oh, come on, Mike, you know you've." You've been out to Pride, blah, blah, blah. We've heard this before. Yeah, we know what you're like. I'm going to marry him, I'm going to marry him. Anyway, four months later, we get engaged. Four months? Yeah, we moved super quick. I know, I know. You would think I would have learnt, but this this time it was a keeper. In the early days, I spoke to Wes about my desire to be a parent. And Wes, when I met him, had a six year old. And um,
1: and can we say that you had both been married to women?
0: Previously? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I got married to a woman when I was 19 years old. Oh. Um And then I came out when I was 22, 23. And Wes uh, also got married to a woman. And he, he, he was with his ex for about 10 years. Um, West came out much later in life around about 34
1: 35 and does he did, he's he's got a daughter from his yeah first marriage yeah so obviously not something he's going to regret because he has her in his life Uh does he feel that that marriage was that he was living a lie
0: I think when you're in this situation you you do live a lie um you know you're you're and you're hating it you know you're you're living that every single moment you're terrified of tripping yourself up you're terrified of acting too gay you know you 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 live a miserable life because
1: I've been following you um, on Instagram and I think you guys are great role models so yeah you, you, did you feel that there? yeah
0: for sure I did yeah and, and, and it wasn't a my proudest moment when I chose to come out. Firstly, my marriage broke down before. It wasn't like that was the reason for my marriage breaking dead. It was already on a very slippery slope.
1: But did you feel pressured, kept to get? Why did you get married? At I, I got.
0: I got. I totally yeah. got married to please everybody else. Right, right. Absolutely, and to to make the gay go away. That's right, exactly right. how I felt. And in and back in you know late nineties, there was no um, there was no real role models for me mm. to you know certainly gays weren't having kids and that vision of me having a family was very heteronormative and so if I wanted children that's what I had to do and that's what I generally thought and that's what loads of unfortunately and sadly and tragically that's what a lot of Gay men do.
1: Anyway, you got out of there. Got out of it. She's got her own children. Everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. Everyone's um, good. You met Wes. Yes. Four months later, you got married.
0: Engaged. You got engaged. You got married in 2014. Right, okay. Waited a couple of years.
1: How do you, you said you'd always wanted children. He obviously had a child. Yeah. How, how quickly was that something that you put on the table and said, I want to do this together?
0: It, it was probably within six months of us being together. I knew I wanted to be a parent and I, I, I approached the, the topic of wanting a biological family. I didn't want to go down an adoption route. I, I wanted to build a family with, with him and, and create our own children. Through surrogacy, and he was really open to having more kids and and wanting a family, and that was kind of you know what cemented the deal with us two because I really didn't want to invest any time into someone that didn't want what I wanted Mm-mm. because I'd done that in my last relationship, and this was really important that we were on the same page.
1: I'm going to come back and and talk more about what it's like being two fathers. So let's talk about a bit more about that in a minute. But Anna, welcome back to Shilla. Thank you. It's lovely to have you. We have heard your story on the show. It was amazing. We had such a great response to you sharing your story. People that... Didn't see you on the show. Can we start to hear a bit about your sort of fertility journey and um, what led you to surrogacy? And then,
2: so, um, so Ed and I have three children. Isla is six, and we have three-year-old twins, Olive and Art. We got married back in two thousand and twelve, and like lots of couples, straight away wanted to start building a family. So we set to it and three months later I was pregnant but I had a missed miscarriage which is when the pregnancy stops developing but you your body doesn't get rid of the pregnancy so i had to have an operation to remove that pregnancy long long story cut short that happened a couple of times
1: and is this a dnc it was a dnc
2: essentially it was a dnc and they um it it wasn't done correctly so they had to do it again i then got pregnant again i then miscarried again i then had an operation so i had in the space of about four months, two pregnancies, both of which were twin pregnancies, both miscarried, and four operations. I was very quickly diagnosed with something called Asherman syndrome, which is scarring of the uterus um, as a result of DNCs. I had many operations to try and remove all the scarring, but it but it just didn't work. And so after about 18 months, a surgeon said, You will never carry a pregnancy. It's not possible. Your only route to parenthood with your own children in surrogacy. So that's that's what we did. And at the time, we had already been through so much and it had been so stressful. And we just, and I was getting older and the doctors are saying, you're getting older and you've got that pressure as a woman. Um, and at the time in the UK, there wasn't really a, a kind of clear pathway to having children through surrogacy. The timeframes were really long. We were sort of talking 18 months maybe to find a surrogate and we just knew we couldn't do that.
1: And that hurts, like when you make that decision, and I always say as a woman, but I imagine Michael, you'll say the same as a man, when you make that decision, like your body like, like just craves. I I guess pregnancy or just motherhood or parenthood or fatherhood or whatever I just I remember that and I didn't take me that long but it didn't happen the first time and it it, you physically hurt don't you and you you're ready mentally
0: yeah you're prepared for parenthood whether I I think more so um in a heterosexual situation um but yeah you you still have to get yourself in the game and, and you know you're when you're yeah, we want children you know you begin and and as we know, you know, infertility and fertility treatment isn't an easy road necessarily.
1: And it can be. I mean, I, I got a friend who had a baby via surrogate. I think after eight failed IVFs or something like that. And I, I've, I know someone else who's just had her first baby in Ukraine. And I, I can't. I don't know how many failed IVFs she had. And she was just. And my friend said, I just don't recognise my sister anymore. Like I just don't recognize her, she is broken. And it was having met you, Anna, I think, and I was like, she needs to have a surrogate. Like, this is not working. I know financially this is within her means because it's obviously expensive, Yeah, but for them it was doable. And I was like, there are other routes to parenthood and she needs to stop putting herself through IVF. It's clearly not working for her.
2: Yeah, and I think that, that's why I sort of, I weirdly always say, we actually I look now and think I was a bit quite lucky and that a doctor said there's just no way for lots of heterosexual couples or or women through I think a lack of understanding about surrogacy and knowing the options but also thinking about pregnancy and not wanting to give it up they spend a long time going down your fertility routes when maybe surrogacy could be a better option and I think that's one of the things we're trying to do is Mm. show people that It can be a really positive and beautiful way to create a family. And you don't have to spend years going through, you know, failed rounds of IVF.
1: So I guess there's two points here, aren't there? One is there is infertility and drop the heartache. And there are other ways, yes, it's holding that baby in your arms. And it can still be yours and it can still be your genes. And and obviously it's not always because it depends what the complications are. Your children are your eggs and your sperm, they are yeah. Your sperm. I mean, you're a <laughs> very clever yes. woman. Your husband's. <laughs> yes. Uh So they are. You know, they're all your genes. And then obviously there are growth areas here for surrogacy, aren't there? Can we can we talk about how you for you was surrogacy done? Did you know your surrogate? What's your story? How did that happen? How did you find her?
0: A- okay, cool. So we. Uh, we spent nearly three years researching surrogacy before we began. Wow. So we looked at international surrogacy and we looked at UK surrogacy and we wanted to understand a little bit more of, of all the different routes and, and what they would mean. Cause when you're, you know, when you're gay, you can't do surrogacy in every single country. So there are some countries which are heterosexual people only. And there are some countries which, right? yeah. And that, and that was, that was the same then. And that's still the same now. So, automatically there were some countries that were off limits for us
1: such as out of interest
0: so georgia ukraine certain parts of 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 mexico the us you can do uh, canada you can do um, cyprus the uk and at the time you could do thailand and india now those two countries changed after a, a bill came in in 2016 so it left us with a number of options so we could do the us canada and the uk there were the three that were after all of our research was was completed, and we came back to the UK because the the US was out of reach financially at that time. Canada was was for the same reason, and we chose the UK because we wanted to be present throughout our pregnancy. So we wanted to be at the embryo transfer, we wanted to be at every single scan. We wanted to have a relationship with our surrogate. So we approached a number of non profit organisations in the UK.
1: Because the people listening that don't know you can't pay a surrogate in the UK it's expenses only, is that correct?
0: Correct. Yeah. So it's reasonable expenses only. And, and you l-
1: can legally oh, okay, so I yes, yeah, so you can legally have one, you just can't
0: yeah, so surrogacy in the UK is legal. Uh, it's altruistic only, which means reasonable expenses. So reasonable expenses can be zero to twenty thousand it, pounds. It's it's that's the scale of. Is
1: that I'm only going to wear Chanel when I'm pregnant? <laughs>
0: <laughs> if if that's your reasonable expense, then there you go. Um, but we contacted the non profits because to be an organisation in the UK and to you know, to to perform and to be supporting people the way we do. There are four main nonprofit organisations. So we contacted them all at the time when our journey was starting and none of them were accepting new intended parents because there was a shortage of surrogates. So the advice was find your own surrogate and crack on. So we were like, well, how the hell do you do that? So we just threw ourselves into finding a surrogate, choosing a clinic, where do you get an egg donor? We spent a lot of time on... Google and down rabbit holes.
1: Facebook, anyone? Anyone? I've got nine months to kill. D- d- do you know, and
0: do you know what? Facebook has a huge closed group community of surrogates and intended parents. So we joined about 10 different groups, started talking to all different people. And there was another website at the time that I um, built a profile of myself Wears And we, we were contacted by Caroline. And Caroline was the only woman that we ever spoke to. And instantly I, you know, had that feeling. It felt right. We met up and... We got to know each other for about six to seven months.
1: I've seen Caroline. Is she the blonde lady on your Instagram? Yes.
0: Yes. So Caroline, um, we met Caroline and her husband, and she was very adamant on doing a journey for two men.
1: Did she have children of her
0: own? She had four children of her own. She'd completed a family, always wanted to be a surrogate. Um, she had been sterilised, so she could still be a host surrogate. So her... Her uterus was all working, and we would need an egg donor, which was how we wanted to build oh, our family. See. So we wanted to pick a, an egg donor based on the characteristics of Wes, because we were always going to use my sperm for our, for our first child.
2: Did you,
1: have you swapped for the other one?
0: Yeah. So Wes is a biological father oh. for Duke. Yeah, we chose a donor that was blonde, blue, fair and matched all of Wes's criteria. Excellent um, at tennis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. speaks languages. like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Happy, why not? Exa- and that donor was found in Manchester, funnily enough. <laughs>
1: well,
0: natural nature. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, uh, yeah, we, we ended up getting those eggs retrieved, fertilised them.
1: So you were able to choose your egg donor in the UK?
0: Yeah, based on non-identifiable characteristics. So egg donation in the UK, and sperm donation is all clustered non-anonymous, so it's anonymous at point of donation. You, there's, there are no photographs. You don't know who these people are. But when your child turns 16, they can request information, and then when they turn 18, they can get full disclosure on who that donor is. So, yeah, we found a, a donor that had proven fertility, and
1: so excellent. I think that's great because it's not Caroline's genes. It, she's she is as Laura who had IVF in our team said she was purely a taxi
0: she was yeah she was exactly that host she was keeping it ready to give back which to us which I her. always yeah. loved that absolutely okay. yeah and, and, and if I'm honest that was our reason for, for going down the gestational route because we kind of wanted less complications now you know now I know more about surrogacy. I know that traditional surrogacy is equally as as safe as gestational. But for us, that was the option we chose for.
1: God, I mean, compared to your story, Anna, that sounds pretty straightforward. We'll come <laughs> on to yours in a bit more. But Caroline had both your babies. She did. Um, so one is your sperm. Yeah. One is Wes's sperm. Yeah. And you were there. Were you there at the birth? We
0: were there at the birth. We weren't meant to be because it's it's a bit more complicated when having a surrogacy pregnancy, particularly being two men. Um, When we had our first scan, uh, there was a bunch of compromises that we had to make with what we could do what we couldn't do Um, and one of the compromises was we couldn't be at the birth because Caroline was having an elective cesarean and uh, it was one person in theatre and that was to be her husband because we wanted her to feel safe and calm so that was fine but the agreement was that he would bring our child to us into our side room and that's how we would be introduced to our child not knowing what we were having but Caroline went into theatre at five to six in the morning and Uh, Her husband came in with no baby and we were like, is everything okay? And you could hear all this commotion. And I was like, are we we good? And it was like, "Um, just get some scrubs on because they said you can come and see your baby being born. So we like scrambled in to get these scrubs on and like mismatch of of horrendous clothes ran in just as Caroline was being cut and Tallulah just popped (laughs) her tiny head (laughs) up and just wriggled out. It was amazing.
1: Amazing, amazing. And did she... Have a cuddle with Tallulah Yeah, then. she did. Because that must be a weird thing as a woman. Like, I can't, having had my children, I don't know. I guess it's not her baby, is it? She was just a taxi, Yeah, she carried it. So, she,
0: so. And Caroline was very adamant with the first pregnancy that she um, she didn't know how she was going to feel. She wanted screen up when Tallulah was born. And she was like, I don't want to see it. But when she had Duke, she was like, I regretted not having some time with Tallulah so I want screen down and if I can meet Duke when he's born I'd really like that that's exactly what what we uh what we did and you know she had a great moment with both children you know and and some her time and just for being such a superhero of doing what she did
1: and she's she's well I've seen sh- pictures of her on your Instagram yeah yeah uh, and... she's
0: present and current with what we do and yeah Kids and, and know who she is. She's a
1: she's a friend or, or Yeah, she's a become a friend.
0: A yeah, so that the, the relationship was you know, we wanted a friendship, but we didn't think we would get this. You know, this has this has gone on to be um something bigger and yeah, she's 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 incredible. Are you done? No, and that she's agreed to carry one more for oh. us. Um Aww. but my husband just needs a tiny bit more convincing because Duke hasn't slept. He's twenty months old, still doesn't sleep. He's slip.
1: twenty months. Right. And Tolula is
0: She'll five in October. Um so Duke's been a challenge. Right. But I'm not done. And shut the door. I know. Um,
2: Michael, you should Duke is um a different egg donor and yeah. a is a known egg donor, which is quite a different.
0: Yeah, so it's a different process.
2: Well. Right. Because we had
0: a failed round of IVF in between the two children, right. which we lost all of our embryos. So everything just died. So we had to get a new donor, which meant that our children don't have a biological link, which was devastating for us. Oh so they're gosh, they're not biologically yes. linked, which is a real shame. So a friend came forward who's Francesca, who's our founder, co-founder, and she was like just have my eggs, you know. I'm, I'm their cells to me. And... Oh
1: God, you're all like into it's like...
0: <laughs> And she was like, look. And I'm a, I'm a sperm donor myself. And I was like, look, it's, it makes absolute sense. Yeah. Um. And she donated her eggs. They became blastocysts. One was transferred, which became Duke.
1: So I see. So ideally, you'd like them to have come from the same woman. And we would have. Yeah. That that but... was.
0: Yeah, but you know, genes don't define. Family oh my and, God, no, I you know, couldn't it's,
1: agree more, but, it, but I can see it would the have, logic that, Yeah, in... that,
0: that was their ideal. It's, it hasn't worked out that way. Que okay, Well, we're
1: one of them flunks there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'll be
0: thrilled. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
1: your, your story's not quite as straightforward. You didn't have a Caroline in your life. No, we did
2: No, and as I said, you know, I think at the time when we were looking, the same organisations that, that Michael talked about, the, the charities and organisations that help, either weren't taking on new couples or they were sort of saying it's at least an 18-month time to find a surrogate and then you spend about six months getting to know someone. So it was two years be- before you even know if you can get pregnant. And for us, it was just that uncertainty was just too much. So that's what led does down the international route. Isla w- was born in India. We created embryos here in the UK and then took them to India. Um,
1: and that you can do. So you can do that bit here where it's not for profit and then you can transfer them. Can you still have a surrogate at all in India?
2: no so um unless you're of indian origin surrogacy is no longer available and that as uh, as michael said that bill changed in about 2016 so when, for us, it came to thinking about siblings, that was out of the question. And again, we started looking in the UK. We'd never really heard of sort of the independent route. And again, the organisations were just saying at that point, they weren't the even taking of on...
0: Being Facebook, essentially, so none of the organisations.
2: And those organisations at that point weren't even helping people with children. They were only helping childless couples. So we there was we had to look abroad for various reasons sort of circumstances changing we decided that we would go to the us which is is really expensive but it is a basically every point of the journey so you need so
1: 12 rounds of ivf by the way yes. i mean this is the other thing it's scary when you look at the surrogacy costs isn't it but when you add up i know Someone they remortgage sold the You
0: know, the, the
2: yeah.
1: Most people do. They yeah.
0: spend it
2: all on IVF. Mm-hmm. And they still don't have any trouble. Yeah, but it, yeah. So, so the US is expensive. You you essentially have professionals at every point of it. So you have agencies and clinics and lawyers and insurance people and all of those charge money. Um, what that means though is that it is a quicker process to find someone. It's a very structured process because it's very professional. And that appealed to us at the time. But we also wanted... I wanted an involvement in the pregnancy and I wanted to know our surrogate. I wanted our children to always know sort of their story. The
1: American process, what was that process? What was the time frame?
2: So we started, we were recommended an amazing clinic in San Diego in California. So we started with our clinic called um, the San Diego Fertility Center. And um, we decided to actually do the IVF in California. So we, I started injections here, the IVF, and then when I was ready for sort of collection, we flew to California, my eggs were retrieved, they were fertilized with egg sperm, and then kept there frozen it was baby number one that you did the IVF here you did the here. then I see right and during that time we started talking to agencies and what happens in in the US is that you talk to agencies you talk about what you're looking for in your surrogate and some of those things are around communi- communication and the type of relationship you want some of them are around really important decisions around do you want do you want them to carry multiples or not what would happen if, for some reason, a termination was necessary. So you talk about lots of different things. And then you sort of, if you match profiles, a bit like dating, you meet and you chat. And I spoke to about 10 women. And then when I finally met Holly, who was then to be our surrogate, she just, I just liked her and trusted her. Did you meet a few? On Zoom, essentially, because this was all done when we were back home. On Zoom, I met about 10 women and then... When I've met Holly, I knew she was one. She just was really down to earth and pragmatic. Her husband joined the call; like he was really supportive. Her mum was supportive. But they have children? They have three children already. Already didn't want any more children, um, but she she's all about family. They are the centre of her world, and she just is. You know, it's a very rare person. It's, surrogacy is not for, for everyone, but she said. I just can't fathom watching other people not have children and when I could do something about it. She she couldn't really understand why anyone wouldn't do it.
1: But it's it's also presumably, you know, there's remuneration, there's yes. a career, there's income yeah. from that. So it's finding someone that has those values that you value, and but also understanding that this is also a business transaction.
2: Yeah, and in the US culturally, people, it is it is a different culture. People can... Do something that they feel passionate about, and and um, you know because they want to help, but it's okay to be paid too.
1: So you met Holly, and um, what happened next? It, I guess it's run by the San Diego fertility center, yep. and it's all pretty slick, I imagine. It and is,
2: and you you have a you draw up an a surrogacy contract, which um, is it is that it's a legally binding document about you know who you know, what you want out of the relationship but it's all very straightforward and then so from going to the clinic which we first went in april um that following october we decided to transfer two embryos two weeks later we got the, the got blood test tweet. Well, the blood test said she was pregnant, and her numbers, because you do lots of blood tests, and her numbers were going were sky high. (laughs) And she said, "I know it, I know it." And then at had she had twins before? She hadn't. No. And then at 12 weeks, she had her first scan, and and is that more expensive if they were
1: to carry two? uh,
2: Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what makes what and actually twins now in the US is very rare. Even in the last three years, it's changed. One, it is it, without a doubt, it puts more risk on the surrogate. That is an issue, but also the insurance for twins now in the US is essentially not possible. So, but through IVF, because generally doctors are less willing to do. You know, it just is. It's it's more. It's just more risky to both the person carrying the baby and 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 the twin and the babies. Um, so
1: Holly had her pregnancy
2: be straightforward. It was a really, it was a really straightforward pregnancy up until thirty-four weeks when we were still here. We were about, to, we were meant to fly out at thirty-five weeks. A doctor called me and said, "We're doing an emergency C-section in twenty minutes. She's gone to labour. So, <laughs> so I jumped on a plane um, and got to the twins. They were about eighteen hours after they were born. Not what we would have wanted, but you know. The twins Two were healthy, healthy and, and, and Holly was f- healthy too, so in the grand scheme of things.
1: Amazing, and, and you then spent um, a few months in the States. Actually,
2: coming home from the U.S. Is, is far more simple than coming back from somewhere like the Ukraine because of the legal parameters around how it's conducted in the US. So it, it's definitely a complex process, but it's not difficult. You just need to have gone through the right steps. Um, so we, we ended up staying nearly three months in California, but more because we wanted to be in California, supposedly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. quite nicely <laughs> with our three children. Um, but y- you generally, you can probably come home within about five, four to six weeks. Automatically, um, American citizenship and a passport, and then you fly home, and then once you're home, you essentially have to go through the same process as you would if you had children in the UK through surrogacy, which is the parental order process.
0: That's where the UK law then, then legally recognises that you're... Um, the legally legal parents of that particular child. Now, it's w- with Anna's journey, Anna was granted legal parent in the US of, of her children when they were born. But in the UK, if you have a child through surrogacy in the UK, you're not the legal parent.
1: Which was my next question. I mean, obviously, it went to plan with Caroline, who who has the right?
0: Caroline and her wow. husband.
1: So she was the legal, despite the fact that it was not her- Not her genetic
0: her. material, but the law states, the the, the, the which is obviously, the law's currently being reformed in the UK, so the Surrogacy Arrangement Act of 1985 is, is currently being updated, and a new bill will be coming out next year, and that will change. Great. But parental responsibility um, isn't granted at birth for uk surrogacy and that's something that needs to change and overwhelmingly that that will change but at the moment you have to go through parental order process which is if it's international surrogacy it goes to high court if it's uk surrogacy it goes to a magistrate court a really straightforward process but you can't put your application in until the baby's six weeks old
1: so they've got six weeks to go mm, yeah wow. well you have
0: you you have your parental order will come through Tallulah's came through when she was five months old, Duke was very about the same. So you have that period. But that's why surrogacy in the UK is built on trust and friendships. So it's really important that when you go into it, your eyes are wide open because there's of this Which is lovely. Trust
1: but you can't account for a woman's emotions and hormones and you know no. how they're going to feel just before we talk about my surrogacy journey can we talk a bit about what it's like being parents and your communication to your children about the fact that they were born by surrogates And I'm going to start with you because I'm guessing yours is simpler, maybe, than Michael (laughs) and Wes's. When did you tell the children? Have you told the children?
2: We have spoken about the fact that we've always just said, Mummy's tummy's broken. So another mummy helped us grow you as tiny, tiny, tiny little babies. And then when you were ready to be born, you came to us. And they... As children, they're like, set fine, makes sense. You know, there's, they've never questioned it. And we talked about it so kind of proudly and consistently and repeatedly ever since they were born that it is just a fact of life. Isla's nursery has got loads of memorabilia from India in it. The twins' has got loads from california we talk about shapala and holly all the time we've got are pictures. you in touch with them at all we're not in contact with well shapala and a surrogate we just write every year and send pictures Holly, i am we probably whatsapp maybe once every few months and send pictures so it, it for us it's a it's an easy and a lovely story you you say it in such a simple
1: way and mommy's tummy's broken so another mommy carried you until you're ready to come out That makes so much sense. People still have a real... It makes me angry. Were you supported by everybody from the beginning? Did you face any criticism
2: from people? I've never never faced any criticism. People I know have always been incredibly supportive. Mm. I think the only time I get sort of insensitive comments is sort of the thing people always say, oh, you're so lucky you didn't have to give birth. It's like that is not (laughs) something to say to a woman who has to have a child's due surrogacy. And the only... I get very cross about people saying bad things about surrogacy. But the only people who ever criticise surrogacy or say it is something that is not is people who have never met a woman who's been a surrogate. Either people are open-minded and think it's great, or... They or those people who've never met a surrogate and think that it's in some way wrong or exploitative. exploitative. They just don't know the process. And it—and mm. what I get so cross because I know so many wonderful surrogates and it is insulting to them to, to claim they've been exploited. These are women who are empowered.
0: And, and, and it's, it's, it's usually a particular type of women that are telling these other women what they should do with their body. And then I'm then I'm thinking, but that's kind of what you're telling them that they can't do with their body. Surely they want to become a surrogate, and if they want to help build a family that way, then that is their choice. These women aren't vulnerable; they're not coerced into something they don't want to do. You know, and that's the issue.
1: Michael, what is your
0: story for the kids? Story from that point for yeah, of for the kids. Um,
1: and and so toalus five, uh, Lily Duke is too young to
0: yeah, he's too young to really
1: understand. And you're also two dads
0: we clearly we needed a surrogate because of, of, of our relationship and um Tallulah, quite early on you know i remember actually i was i was listening to um another podcast that i I'd, I'd been on and one of the questions was um Tallulah came home from school from nursery and she looked quite disturbed and i was like Are you okay and she was like yeah i i want to know if, when i'm big will i be a mummy and I'm like, yeah, maybe. You might be. And she was like, but will I get a mummy? I was thinking, right. How do I answer this? I can, I can, I can just give it her. You know, she's three years old. Is she going to take this on? And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be really honest. And I was like, look, darling, you're you're never going to have a mummy. And but you're really special because you've got two daddies that absolutely worship you and adore you, and you were so desperately wanted, and therefore will forever be loved. But you'll never have a mummy. And she was like, Oh, okay. But I but I could still be one. And I was like, Of course you can. If that's what you want to do when you're big, you can do that. And she's like, So Caroline kept me safe in in her tummy. And I was like, Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Another special lady gave us a special seed, and then Caroline kept you warm and then when you were ready. And she was like, Right, okay, that makes sense. And that's and that's she's got it, and that's where and she tells Duke the same type of story. Now I hear her telling him she pointed a picture that's that you grew in that lady's tummy from the two dads point of view people are still quite curious to ask us questions about the, our family units and you know some questions like you know who who does who does night feeds who changes and we you know we, we we're completely equal in our relationship did shifts of one person one one another because it's it's gruelling, right? And it's, it's hardcore, and we, we had to still function, so we, we shared all of the responsibility. The curious stuff comes from Joe Public wanting to know uh, who's the real dad. That's a question that we get. Like, and with the kids are with us, and you will have a stranger that will go, so who's the real dad?
1: Is that what they say? Yeah,
0: and you're like, okay, that's quite an offensive question.
1: Did you ever think of letting a doctor choose?
0: Yeah, if we would have if we would have fertilised all our embryos in one go, we would have used the best embryo. But we 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 put the best one back of mine back in the first time. Definitely, two men having kids. People can't yeah. get their head around. Yeah, uh, instantly, you know, people think you're a pervert. People don't understand why you would want children. And I'm just like, find I find that quite sad that they can't get into that mentality that. People just want to be parents, and you know, this is—let's not sexualize children here. This is about a desire to be a parent.
1: I think you can understand the curiosity because, look, this is new. Te- like when I grew up, that I didn't know of anybody who had same-sex parents. Uh, I mean, uh, this is news. You can understand the curiosity. Perfect thing, I think, is extraordinary because surely you're more sensitive and warm than the average man if, if you long it's just a, odds. It's it's odd. it's just people odd. Are, don't, aren't they <laughs> yeah, they really Mary are very key
2: when you hear Tulula say to one of them daddy and say Michael will turn around and say yes and she's like no other daddy well, that's the bit that's my question
1: that's the bit I'm curious about is it not quite conf- are you daddy one or daddy two like
0: well we just have a lot of going upstairs and I'll go up and she'll go other daddy, please. So <laughs> I have to come back to her. And they're definitely both still daddy and daddy or dad and dad. She's not. We, if we're going to leave it to her to figure out. Yeah, she'll really. get her rhythm.
1: Before we talk about my surrogacy journey, we talked about the law in the UK yeah. and that it has been the same since 1985.
0: Wow. We, we were fortunate to get, um, Wes and I were asked to participate at went, invited the Houses of Parliament to help contribute to what this new law could look like. So through the work that we did with Two Dads UK, we, we got asked to help contribute to the law commissioners and to the all-party parliamentary group to give our lived experience, and we did that, and we've been involved in, in where it's at now. I think
2: there will always be people who will go abroad. Yeah. The The issue with the law, and they admitted it's sort of not fit for pers- purpose, the issue with, with the law at the moment is that it doesn't, really offer protection to anyone. It doesn't offer the surrogate, the child or the intended parents protection. So the whole reason to change the law is to put in place protection so that everyone is properly looked after. And I think that will increase the number of people who want to be surrogates. You, you know, we touched on this thing that, you know, you're as intended parents, you're not the legal parents at birth. So is there, there's this concern, well, what so if a that's surrogate... The
1: prob, that's the biggest problem. That's the
2: biggest concern, right? one yeah. of... And so you, you you think, oh, well, what if a surrogate wants to change her mind? That really never happens. And the biggest concern surrogates have is what happens if the parents change their mind and leave me with a baby that's not mine and I never want it? And that happens. And, and that, that happens.
0: happens. I think it's a lack of understanding where to approach and who to approach. There are a number of organisations that can help. It's not a one-size-fits-all, um, but yeah, a greater awareness. Because it's illegal to advertise for surrogates in the UK. You can't do that. That's part of the the Surrogacy Arrangements Act. So that's something that's definitely going to be reviewed and and more than likely relaxed in the future.
1: So my surrogacy journey set up by you, by Wes, and by Francesca. And Anna, you are a contributor, you're part of the team. What's your mission as an organisation?
0: Our mission is to create a, a high-touch, sort of concierge element and, and supportive pathway to parenthood through surrogacy. You know, we, we've we all got lived experience through either US surrogacy or Canadian surrogacy or the UK. And we we've seen where surrogacy falls down or we've seen where you know intended parents need greater support or greater options so we wanted to create something which hadn't been done before in the UK and that was to create this membership that was completely balanced whether you're an intended parent or a surrogate or a known egg donor that you would be professionally and emotionally supported throughout uh, a surrogacy journey.
1: So, if you want to be a surrogate in the UK, where does my surrogacy journey come in?
0: We offer a professional matching service for intended parents. So we offer the most benefits for surrogates um, in the UK. So in terms of how they're supported legally or how they're supported um, with, you know, clinical, you know, clinicians actually work for organisations that support these women on their journey um you know we provide them with all of the emotional support over 10 hours of emotional support on that particular journey so if any surrogates or potential surrogates are either wanting more information or want to learn then they can either listen to some of our webinars they can visit our website or they can speak to um our team either our surrogate team or francesca who's our fertility nurse
1: Uh, and sorry just to talk about the cost is there a cap on expenses if you if you wanted to be a surrogate in the uk is there a limit you said within reason yeah it's
0: it's reasonable expenses so there isn't a cap on on expenses that varies from zero cause some relatives that may want to carry in and not charge any expenses or not have any expenses to you know the average is around 12 to 15000 but expenses have you know touched 20 22 23000 pounds before there's no real limit as such
1: it's hard to see, though, in this country that there's going to be a huge supply because, you know, yes, you're someone that wants to make another mother. But then I suppose you get sisters being surrogates, don't you, for each other and family members and things like that. So I suppose yeah. it's that process too, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. And there's, you know, there's a real variety of, of people's motivations to, mm. to, to become a surrogate. You know, some people will only want to do one journey, but some people will be really passionate about, you know, doing a sibling journey as as our surrogate wanted to do. And
1: actually, For people listening who might... Think about it, you know, be struggling with IVF and infertility or might do at some stage. And remember this podcast, where does my surrogacy journey come in for them?
0: Again, and, and this is where Anna also comes in, you know, we, lived experience is really important. And being, again, balanced um, and, and coming at surrogacy from both an LGBTQ point of view, but also from a heterosexual point of view. Um, and we've, you know, tailored and created membership for for all parents. and And those membership... Um, those memberships are completely bespoke and they are unique to that individual's fertility journey. So whether they want to do UK surrogacy or um, uh, Canadian or US, right. we support on the entire journey for a two-year period with with everything that they're going to need beyond parenthood.
1: What is the average amount of time? Because I think you've got to have, be prepared and be patient, which is, as I said, freaking hard when you feel like you're ready. What's the average amount of time from going, yes, we're going to go down the surrogacy route to
2: holding a baby in your arms.
0: UK is about two years.
2: U.S. Um, shorter, 18 months, maybe a little less than eight, between 12 and 18 months.
1: So you're essentially consultants, handholders, uh, however professional or not you want to sound, you are there to guide surrogates or intended parents, probably more relevant for now, through the journey of surrogacy, be that in the UK, be that abroad.
2: Yeah, and it's about us guiding them through every step of the process, as, as Michael said, from before you create embryos to after you've had children, and that at each point, making sure that they are linked up with the appropriate and experienced professional wherever you are. So that might be the right clinic, the right counselor, the right lawyer, um, and just as I said, making sure you you, you kind of get to those all, all those points at the right time and in the right order, because all of that then feeds into that legal part at the end when you go to the courts to get your parental order.
1: UK versus abroad, is there a sort of guide price? Sounds, it sounds crude to, to say that, but the reality is surrogacy is out of reach for for many financially, um, and, and that's sad. That's not to say that it shouldn't be allowed for people who can. Um, But but is there a sort of guide price you can give us for UK, even if it's just with cost, and obviously that varies on the surrogate, But um, and maybe what your charges are and, and what you're looking at
0: abroad? UK surrogacy, if we talk that you're doing IVF, donut eggs... And um, your surrogates' expenses. You're looking at around about forty to forty-five thousand pounds to to create those embryos from from um that particular retrieval. Uh, On top of that, you would have your organisation or your membership costs with someone like us or some of the other organisations that exist. Now, that membership can vary whichever organisation you talk to, from £1,000 to £15,000, where our membership starts at £4,500 for a two-year membership for UK surrogacy. And then if you want us to professionally match you to a surrogate, that's an additional £4,250. So £8,750 is our most common membership which includes you know your legals your support all of the other bits and pieces that we 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 handhold throughout that journey
2: including everything so that would include again if you're using an egg donor in the US uh, your IVF costs your clinics your insurance travel there Um, I always say to people you need to budget for $150,000 that is for for one child if you are if you would want twins, you're looking at over two hundred thousand. So it is, it is really expensive. Um, Canada is more around uh, eighty to ninety thousand dollars.
0: Certain parts of Europe can be upwards of eighty thousand euro. Um, there are cheaper countries, um, but again, the, the pathway um, isn't without risk or, or delay. Um, but yeah, that there are European routes.
1: Thank you both. So much for joining me. I'm sure thank everyone listening you. can tell how strongly I believe in this. Um, thank you so much. You're welcome. Oh, thanks for supporting us. For more information, visit mysurrogacyjourney.com. That's it for today. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe, leave us a comment, tell your friends to listen to, and we will be back soon. Thanks very much. Bye bye.